If I were to ask you for a list of your favorite films, books, or plays, I suspect that list would include more than a handful of comeback stories. Stories that begin with the main character facing long odds and the chips stacked against them, like Hoosiers, or The Karate Kid, or Hidden Figures, or, or Rocky. We all love a good comeback story. As it turns out, so does the Bible. You don't have to read very far before you encounter stories of people facing threats beyond their control. And over the next month, we'll do a deeper dive into four of them, not just to learn their stories, but to think faithfully about ours. Now, my suspicion is that each one of us approaching worship today has our own autobiographical comeback story. You can probably identify some aspects of your life right now where you feel like an underdog, in which you are struggling against conditions that feel far beyond your control. Maybe you feel like Moses, our subject for next week, running from the shame of his past deeds, who was fixated on his limitations and didn't see himself as worthy or capable of making a difference. Or maybe you feel like Job, whose suffering was overwhelming and unfair. And at the heart of Job's struggle was the hardest question of all, where God is in the midst of pain. Or maybe you feel like Peter, whom we will meet on June 27th, who failed more than he succeeded during his time with Jesus, but Jesus had not given up on him. This worship series is for you, or anyone you know who is down and out, or hanging by a thread, and at the bottom of a barrel. Or, in the case of our underdog for today, at the bottom of a pit. That's where the story of Joseph begins, in a kind of place the Bible often uses to describe human hardship. The psalmist, in Psalm 40, described the place of his despair as a, quote, pit of death and a, quote, place of mud and filth. Jonah described his three days in the fish as, quote, the depths of Sheol, which is a Hebrew word for grave or pit or abode of the dead. Over and over again, the Bible describes suffering as a pit, and that's where Joseph's story starts, right where you may be today. His story is one of immediate, jarring tragedy. I mean, here is a boy who, by all accounts, was the apple of his father's eye, a free-spirited, joyful dreamer. His father, Jacob, had married several women and had children by those other women, but there was only one woman he ever really loved, Rachel, who was the mother of Joseph and his younger brother, Benjamin. And he favored Joseph over all of his other brothers, giving him that famous coat of many colors, a visual reminder of how much he unfairly treated Joseph above all the others. And quickly, the joyful story turns sour, and everything and anything that could go wrong in Joseph's life did. His brothers turned on him, and he wound up bound and gagged and thrown into a literal pit, left for dead. And this was just the beginning of Joseph's trials, by the time the story of Joseph would be completed, he would be in a pit left for dead, hauled off to a foreign land, 
put on an auction block and sold as a slave, become the target of untoward sexual advances, become the victim of false accusations, become wrongfully imprisoned, betrayed by a friend, and forgotten by his family. One misery after another. Over the next month, as we go through this worship series, we'll find that this story of Joseph stands out because the suffering that he experienced is not the result of natural disaster or illness like Job or or self-inflicted misdeeds like Peter or physical limitations like Moses. Joseph suffered from the evil intent and, and vicious motivations of other people. Joseph suffered because others intended to do him harm. So Joseph's story is for any of us who feels like the life we have lived is unjust and unkind and mercilessly hurtful, despite our attempts to live a good and innocent life. Joseph's story is one that any one of us can connect to if someone has treated us wrongly or if, if we feel like nothing in our lives is going our way. There once was a young paratrooper who was learning to jump and He was given the following instructions. First, when you're told, jump. Second, count to 10 and pull the ripcord. Third, in the unlikely event that it doesn't open, pull the ripcord for the backup chute. And fourth, when you get down, a truck will take you back to base. The plane ascended up to the proper height and the men started peeling out and the young paratrooper jumped when told. He counted to 10 and pulled the cord but the chute failed to open. So third, he proceeded to the backup plan. The second chute also failed to open. He said, oh boy, when I get down, I suppose the truck won't be there either. That's the story of Joseph. Just when you think it couldn't get any worse for him, it does. And the astonishing thing is, Joseph not only survived, but he never lost faith. You know why that's so astonishing? I mean, here's something that sets Joseph's story apart from every other comeback story in the Bible. Joseph is the only comeback hero to never hear God's voice directly. Moses did. Job did. Peter heard Jesus' voice all the time. Look at Joseph's ancestors in the book of Genesis. God wrestled with his father Jacob told his grandpa Isaac to stay put, and called his great-grandfather Abraham to get up and go. Yet even though the story of Joseph occupies nearly a third of Genesis's 50 chapters, not once does God speak to Joseph directly. No messengers from heaven, no burning bush or fiery pillar, no still small voice, nothing. Not while he was staring up from the bottom of a cold, dark pit, bound and gagged after his brothers had tossed him in there and left him for dead. He didn't hear God's voice as he stood on an auction block as Egyptian slaveholders bid for his services and a master named Potiphar secured his rights. Not while he fended off the sexual advances of a woman who would later falsely accuse him and have him arrested. He didn't hear God speak to him as he was in a jail cell for two years wrongly imprisoned, and and then later betrayed by a fellow inmate who promised his release but failed to deliver. Not while he dreamt about home. He didn't hear God's voice as he longed for his father and his beloved younger brother. Not while he struggled to come to grips with the torment of his past. And he didn't hear God's voice while he stood there 
before his brothers and wrestled with his inner urges for revenge and vindication. Not once. I mean, if anyone in the book of Genesis deserved to hear God's voice or, or even just get some kind of post-it note from God, it would have been Joseph. Even a pat on the shoulder or, or a whisper in his ear. Even if God had given him one of those posters with that cat clinging to a rope that says, hang in there. Or a, or a bouquet of flowers saying, thinking of you, love God. It would have brightened his day. But there was nothing. There was nothing, of course, except this. Genesis 39 verse 2 says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Verse 3, Joseph's master saw that the Lord was with him. Verse 5, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And then there's this passage. The blessing of the Lord was on all that Joseph had. Friends, here's the lesson from the story of Joseph. Regardless of how hard your life gets, do not confuse God's silence with God's absence. Even though you can't hear God, it doesn't mean you aren't near God. God is active, even if God seems quiet. In an episode of the television series The West Wing titled Noel, Leo tells Josh this parable. This guy's walking down the street when he falls in a hole. The walls are so steep that he can't get out. A doctor passes by, and the guy shouts, Hey, you, can you help me out? The doctor writes a prescription and throws it down in the hole and moves on. And then a priest comes along, and the guy shouts up, Father, I'm down in this hole, can you help me out? And the priest writes a prayer, throws it down in the hole and moves on. And then a friend walks by. Hey, Joe, it's me. Can you help me out? And the friend jumps in the hole. The guy says, are you stupid? Now we're both down here. And the friend says, yeah, but I've been down here before, and I know the way out. Friends, no matter what you are going through, God is with you, and God will see you through. Joseph is an underdog in every single sense. God never speaks to him directly. He has people with evil intentions inflict harm on him at every turn. And he even remained an underdog in his legacy. He's, he's not remembered as one of the great patriarchs in Genesis, certainly not at the same level as Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Joseph is the only one of Jacob's sons to not have a tribe named after him. And neither of the tribes that are named after his sons even get the privilege of carrying the lineage that would eventually lead to the Messiah. I mean, that would go to his brother Judah. Joseph's legacy is pretty much faded by the time we get to the time of Jesus. It's, it's certainly not elevated to the same level of his, as his father and grandfather and great-grandfather. But you want to know what? Here's something to hold on to. Joseph, with all of his trials and suffering and misery, is one of the only people in the entire Bible about whom there is not a single bad thing written. I mean, the Bible is usually quick to find fault with even the most noble of the biblical heroes, but not Joseph. Time after time, 
Joseph was tested with a series of absolutely unfair circumstances, but he never, ever lost faith, and he never did anything wrong. He was a person of remarkable integrity and courage and optimism and hope and never once compromised his principles for expedience, and he never lost faith in God. No wonder the book of Genesis talks about Joseph with more chapters and more verses than any one of his ancestors. Because Joseph believed, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God was with him and that God was going to see him through. And that God is with you too. Let's pray. God, you were with Joseph in the pit, and you are with us in our suffering. You were with him in the face of false accusations, and you show us how to live with integrity. You were with Joseph as he chose forgiveness over revenge, and you show us how to reconcile with our enemies. Thank you for the reminder that you are with us, that we should never mistake your silence with your absence. God, grant us courage and the belief that you will see us through. And let all God's people say, Amen.